Welcome back to Tapping In Season 2. My name is Tansim, and I am one of the hosts of this podcast. As a refresh, Tapping In is a part of Ken Place's Reboot Committee that stands for Rethinking Ethical Behavior Online for Oneself Together. We analyze, discuss, and spread awareness about topics that surround social media through a variety of lenses. Today's episode is about human trafficking. Connect for Freedom is an organization that stands for prevention through education and the solution to end human trafficking. Awareness is key. As children and teen use of social media rises, users must be aware about certain risks and vulnerabilities. Many people paint one certain picture when it comes to human trafficking and believe that they are not vulnerable. This is very wrong as it can happen to anybody. Human trafficking comes in all forms, through strangers, work, people you trust, or online, such as through certain video games or social media platforms. Thanks, Tansim, for that introduction. I'm Thara, and I will now be interviewing Jennifer, a human trafficking survivor who is a part of Connect for Freedom. What are some survivors' psychological and physical impacts from human trafficking? So there can be a lot for sure. Um, I would say kind of the main ones um, that we hear about PTSD from, from the abuse, depending on the type of work. So if it was like labor trafficking, manual labor could be not safe working conditions. So there could be like physical health problems um, with that. We see a lot of anxiety, depression, memory loss, um, risks of um, traumatic brain injuries, TBIs, STI risks more for like sex trafficking, higher risks of suicide are really common, loss of trust. Um, that can be for both sex and labor trafficking. We see a lot of trauma bonding, um, which is kind of then a vicious cycle, really high rates of revictimization. And then just depending on like, the abuse that's happening. So there's risk factors that can that can go up. So risk of like pregnancy, loss of pregnancy, stuff like that. What are some examples of tactics used by traffickers, especially regarding social media? Yeah. So we kind of just start with like that common. So there needs to be some type of force, fraud, or coercion in order to be considered trafficked. So I guess more with like the social media part of that, um, we see a lot of like Uh, dating sites. People are using dating sites to meet up with their victims. Job ads are a big thing. So that may be more common with labor trafficking. A lot of times they'll be like, oh, you know, great pay for this job with no work experience. And that can kind of be that false, that false message, I guess, to that person. And then they come here and or come to the job and find out it's not what it is. And then they're, they're stuck. Seen a lot more. Well, since Backpage is now gone, so we don't see as much with that. But there is still Craigslist, so people are able to post um, post ads for like escort services that could be trafficking. Um, and then now, just even more common is seeing different apps um, and gaming that has have been used. So stuff like people adding um, strangers or you know connecting through Snapchat or TikTok. Fortnite, Roblox, any really online games, um, not saying it specifically those ones, but where people could maybe, you know, reach out to somebody they, they've they never met before and have that conversation online. And how do you think that those tactics are used to target certain vulnerabilities and what are those vulnerabilities? Yeah. So to talk, yeah, kind of more about the vulnerabilities. So it's really large in like the like folks from unsupportive homes. Um, so maybe kids that are in the foster system, 
stuff like that. People with homelessness, they might be reaching out for help somewhere and then they're getting help in not the right way. LGBTQ population, that's been really a really high, a high one that people tend to reach out those vulnerabilities. Um, individuals with disabilities, substance abuse, undocumented individuals, pretty much if somebody is in need of any type of like their basic needs, so shelter, food, clothing, those are going to be kind of the big ones that the traffickers are able to provide for at least a short period of time to like lure their victims in. How do you believe that social media plays a role in the public perception of human trafficking? So I, it's hard to say because so I've seen some really good stuff, but I've seen some not so great. Um, so a lot of times, like especially on Facebook, just seeing like posts about an att- attempted tracking situation, people posting about like zip ties on cars or um, I don't know. That's kind of the biggest, bigger ones, bigger one that I've seen, but maybe more creating like this false um, sense of trafficking. And so then it's causing more problems for the victims who are actually being trafficked and for those trying to educate the public. So once that kind of becomes widespread, this false information, then everyone's believing that. And then the people who are actually trying to do the right education are getting lost. Another common thing with that, I guess, the community, a lot of people perceive trafficking victims from the media and from, you know, just really the media everywhere that Trafficking victims are mostly young girls in chains or handcuffs and physically restrained. And as a victim, you know, survivor myself, that was not my case at all. And most of the time isn't not saying that it never has happened or can't happen. But most of the time, victim and traffickers know each other or they get to know each other on a level before before they're being trafficked. So it's it's usually with the media and social media is portrayed like TikTok videos, Snapchat is that people are getting, you know, kidnapped, um, random kidnappings and stuff like that. How has social media been used positively to educate about human trafficking? Yeah. So I think where, you know, it's, there's positives in it is having those reliable resources, um, putting out actual credible information. So still allowing that space for, you know, like organizations to be able to say like, this is actually, you know, these are the red flags for trafficking um, or just like combating some of those false narratives. I think that's most like the most positive part of social media for that, about greater awareness. Um, another part is just like allowing survivors to be able to be the main source of information. So yeah, so somebody who's been in the position before has been trafficked that can, you know, share their story or, you know, share what trafficking really looks like. And you kind of touched on this a little earlier, but I would love for you to talk a little more about survivor safe spaces and how social media can positively contribute to creating those. Yeah, definitely. So providing like platforms. So I know, I mean, for me, even uh, I've been able to meet other other survivors of trafficking through like Facebook groups. Um, I mean, you still have to be really careful. Just again, it's social media but you know i've been able to be in in groups with other survivors um we've been able to do like retreats together um provide resources to each other um just all through facebook another way that social media can kind of help with that is that it can also allow like victims to reach out for help rather than going in person or making a phone call i know that kind of goes back to the last thing you said but again just like allowing survivors to be that main source of, of information 
I think that's also really powerful, right? When we're talking about educating on issues and provides very accurate information. How would your social media use or social media presence have changed if you had understood, like understood the full scope of human trafficking on social media earlier? I think one of the main things is just the education piece. So knowing like what it looked like, what are the red flags? So my thing I think would have been just being careful about what I put out on the internet, that that can be seen by everybody, especially a big thing is like if people are posting like statuses about um, how they're feeling or what they're going through, a lot of these traffickers can kind of pick those out and try to be that person to come in and save them. And so just again, that personal information, you know, younger, younger, you know, kids under 18 that are posting, posting stuff and maybe not thinking about like, oh, this is where I live. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Pretty much everything that's on the internet or that you've shared with the internet can get shared anywhere. I think that also kind of touches on what you were talking about earlier when it comes to the vulnerabilities that they target. And it's just like making sure that not necessarily hiding like all vulnerabilities, like we aren't entirely perfect, right? But at the same time, understanding that the impact of like putting this out there and how other people can perceive them, right? And it might not just be our friends or like close family, but it can be, you know, anyone. So I think that's um, a really interesting. Yeah, definitely. And like just would have had more information on what it was. I think representation matters. So like for my thing, like seeing myself in victims, like, because again, we just see these pictures of kids in handcuffs and chains and stuff like that's not really what it is. And I think, you know, being able to like see what that was would have been like really helpful for me, especially um, just making sure the media is diverse. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's one thing that we're talking about, like with our aim for this episode is we want to broaden how people view human trafficking and understanding that it's not always that thing that's portrayed in movies. You know, it doesn't always involve kids coming and getting handcuffed and things like that. It goes much beyond that. It can happen like inside your bedroom or in your home and you may never know it. And so that's kind of what we're exploring here today. Yeah, definitely. Um, I believe that is it for the questions. If there's anything else you'd like to elaborate on, feel free. I think like the tactics I think are really important to kind of cover. So again, because we think that it's what we see in the movies. Um, I like to bring up like the movie Taken, you know, how like the girl snatched from under the bed. I know that's a little bit of an older movie now, but um, just kind of talking about like what that really looks like and what maybe to like look out for. So I kind of talk about like my story a little bit. Do you want me to go into that at all? Oh, yeah. If if you're comfortable with that, of course. So I would say, so the initial start of of how traffickers maybe pick victims, um, they will target individuals through vulnerabilities, kind of those same things we talked about. In my example, I was a young college girl needing money. I was working two full jobs. I was going to school full time. I had not had any prior education on being on, on trafficking or what it was. All I saw was, again, like what you see in music videos talking about pimps and stuff. Um, and I think, yeah, my trafficker got to know me, you know what I mean, as like a person, um, got to know those vulnerabilities, was able to kind of fill those needs at that point. So, so the next part is gaining trust, right? So it wasn't just like, oh, okay, here, you're going through these things. Come with me. Um, He befriended me. um, He had spent money on me. I was like taken out to dinner, got my hair done, nails done. Um, I made friends, you know, people who I thought were friends, I guess. Um, Just someone who kind of took me in um, at that time. And then after that is filling the need. I relied on him for money at that point. Um, 
the next part's isolation. So um, what happened in my my case, he made me move out of my house with my roommates. He moved me in with one of the other girls that I was working with. I ended up having to quit my job. I had to drop out of school. And it that's just kind of how it started, right? So he then eventually got like a copy of all my um all my documents, a spare key for my car, and it was for like in case I need to help you out type of thing. Like that's why I need a spare key stuff like that. And then it kind of turned more into like, I couldn't talk to friends that I saw when I was out or outside. I have to ask permission first. And if I didn't, I got into a lot of trouble. Um, So then it kind of goes into the next part, which is the abuse. Um, So this could be physical. It doesn't necessarily always mean it is. So a lot for me was that there was threat of harm to myself um, and my family, especially my little brother. He then told me he, I owed him money for all the things he had paid for before, even though this, those were all gifts or, you know, stuff that I didn't need to pay him back for at that time. But at this at this point, he said, now you need to work for me and get my money back. And then after that is just maintaining that control. So um, there's a lot of blackmail involved. And so that's that's way more common than, again, what we would see in the media or movies. Um, and so I think it's just something to take take into account. Um for me personally, um, I grew up in a smaller city. I grew up, I would say, probably a normal life. Um, and so I had my, you know, my parents were together. I played sports growing up. I went to church. And I just, when I educate people on this, I'm like, you know, we hear it doesn't happen here um, or it wouldn't happen to me. You know, I would have never thought that I would have been in a position like this. Um, I was going to school for criminal justice, thought I kind of had it all together. And Again, he found some vulnerabilities and was able to kind of pull me in there. And once I was in and I was stuck, I really didn't, even while I was, you know, in the situation, I didn't know it was trafficking probably till at least a year or two after. I'm making a lot of connections actually to the presentation that we had with Connect for Freedom. And so I think that organizations obviously doing a lot of really good work. And I'm really glad that you're able to tell your story through both our podcast and just in general. I think that that it's really powerful. And I'm glad that we're able to talk about this now and also be able to kind of help contribute in some way to destigmatizing and more properly covering, I guess, what human trafficking is and the scope of it. Because over the past couple of years, we've kind of seen it slightly perception change, but not that much. I think it requires a lot more research and a lot more uh, coverage. Right. And I appreciate you guys having me here too. Um, like I said, this is this is what I want to do is educate people because I felt that if maybe that had happened to me, that I might have seen some red flags and I might have seen something. It's just to kind of maybe help somebody else out there. And I think as you were mentioning your upbringing, I see so much of it in the people that I go to school with in the sense that we're all, you know, we come from a small city. A lot of us are kind of like normal teenage girls. And so understanding that like it can happen is a big part of it. And I think that that's something that we really want to talk about and discuss. And so um, it was really, really nice to talk to you. Thank you so much. All right. Sounds good. Thanks again. Overall, there is a lack of education in human trafficking. Many young people are not aware of their vulnerabilities on social media or in their environment. As Jennifer mentioned, victims experience isolation and numerous struggles that make it difficult to break out. Therefore, it is important to become educated on human trafficking and to spread awareness throughout your community. This is key in the fight to end human trafficking. Thank you again, Connect for Freedom. 
Please follow us on Instagram at Reboot KPS and tune in on our new Spotify platform. Thanks for tapping in and see you next month.